The one thing you should never talk about is people's money, right? So today, let's talk about it on Kingdom Speak with Pastor Daniel McKillop. Money. So, you're the pastor, you walk up to the podium, the, the pulpit, and you get your notes, and you know you're going to be talking about money. What's it feel like <laughs> right before you just ruin everyone's day? <laughs> <laughs> like, let me give you my 10 cents worth on this topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you get it? No. Still thinking about it? Thinking about it. 10 cents? <laughs> Dollar? <laughs> you remember that story? No. Ask Isaac Churchill. Okay, how well? Dollar. Um, I don't Dollar. think he listens to the podcast. Dollar. Yes, Dollar. he does. If he doesn't, if he doesn't, some of his crew does. And okay. Let Isaac know that he needs to tell the co-host about, yeah. about the Dollar story. And if you're listening, keep those lines straight on the lawn, boys. <laughs> keep them straight. Yes. Once in a while, I demand a picture for quality control from those guys. Oh, yeah. Keep them stripes. Good. 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 Shout out to all the landscapers listening to us right now. Making money. Yes. Oh, it's nice to see grass up here in Canada, I'll tell you that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. How are you guys? Yeah. <sighs> Let's get Man. into a review. It's Friday. It's Friday. It's finally. Friday. <clears throat> Don't you think this is ironic, Pastor McKillop, that this week we're talking about money, and then next week we're going to talk about where... Ladies can spend their money. Oh, yeah. Don't you think that's kind of ironic? We have to prepare you yes. for the next show. Well, we don't want you to like let evil, <sighs> evil creep in unaware. We would hate for all the husbands out there to right. see their spouses go off track. Like, Let's keep it on the rails. Just trust us. You will Next week, you will thank <laughs> us for this week. How about that? <laughs> yes. Some of you will. Yes. Oh, my. Timely and inspiring, all in caps. Timely and expire, inspiring. Not expiring. Yeah. Surely. <laughs> this podcast has always been a blessing to me as a young preacher and continues to be an encouragement for me throughout any given week. Thank you for what you do to see the apostolic message go forward. <clears throat> I think producer Randy does a great job. Because my name is Randy as well. Oh, there it is. See, that, that, there it is. That's that's correlation, but that doesn't mean it. It's oh. fact. Anyways, we move on. Go, producer Randy. That is submitted from preacher Randall. Did you write this yourself? Oh, on Apple Podcasts. Yes. yes Thank preacher. you, preacher Randall. We will say amen to you. little suspect, but we'll, <laughs> we'll go with it. <laughs> yeah, Let the, it go this time. The, the, the preacher part, kind of. <laughs> yeah. And you're getting exactly. real innovative there. Let it go this time. Yeah. Did he say it was Preacher Randall or Preacher? Randall. Yeah, Preacher Randall. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. My name is is Randy, so. Okay. Legally. Legally. It's Legally. Yeah. So... Let's get right into the pocketbooks today and the piggy banks, don't you think? Yeah, let's go. 
Let's go. We've talked about money a couple times, haven't we? We have. Uh, I don't remember. It was so memorable. I don't remember the last time we <laughs> talked about it. But I do recall us talking. Uh, I mean, obviously we had. You feel Pastor shortchanged, or mm. okay? We had Pastor Caleb Adams on. Um, did some money talk. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure we've done at least one episode. And then yeah, okay. So today is a little twist, though, in that you're tying money to salvation. Absolutely. I suppose you're not tying it to it. It is tied to it. It is tied. We are going to talk about how it's tied. So maybe there'll be salvation. a light bulb moment for the audience today or two on the revelation associated with that. So, Absolutely. You, you know, you preached on this quite a while ago. So, yeah. Do, do you remember that or do you just... I do. You, I actually do. Okay. I was born. Okay. And <laughs> <laughs> success. Yeah. For uh, the local audience, Pastor has his notes and uh, he has his former address on there. And I was looking at it before we recorded and I was like, whoa. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Say what you said when you were reading the notes and you, you, you made a comment to him about his you preaching. Had, yeah. It appears like he could preach way back then too. <laughs> There's a lot of good stuff in here. So like I thought a, I thought it was more of like a new thing. Yeah, like turning over a new mean? leaf. Yeah, sort yeah. of that senior role. Yeah, it's a backhanded mature, compliment. Very, yeah. very mature. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. No, it appears way, way back. Yeah, way. Back. He had some good notes. So, <laughs> just thankfully, you can't remember where I got them back then. That's I good. Yeah. <laughs> And you notice I didn't put my sources in there. No. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Coach, did you realize there is page numbers on these? I two? saw that. I was going to let so. that go, actually, but thank you for bringing that up. That's yeah. That automatically uh, dictates age. So I got um, a question to ask you. Are you saved? Yes, sir. How do you know? Evidence. He <laughs> uh, <laughs> <you> can read. <laughs> yeah, he can read. He's falling. You're yeah. tracking pretty good. Yeah. You're tracking pretty good. <laughs> I'm here today. Mm-hmm. Salvation um, affects the whole man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, I've, I've mentioned this before about even something like time management. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Redeeming the time. Yep. So it's saving time. Right. Yeah. Right. Literally. Yes. The, the concept of redemption is a, it's a transaction. Right. And so the apostle is letting us know that we need to play the role of redeemer for mm-hmm. our time. And so he says, redeem it. That's Days right. are evil. If left to its original state. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. So a lot of times we we think that salvation if we we will we'll categorize it we expect it mm-hmm. to change behavioral patterns emotional patterns mm-hmm. yeah. uh, obviously dealing with sin mm-hmm. and atonement mm-hmm. but the reality is is money needs to be saved too now that's a play on words in case you didn't get that. But if you're saved, it will affect how you handle finances, or it should definitely affect 
how you handle finances. I'm sure there are people in the audience driving in the car, flying in the plane, wherever you're listening to us right now, who automatically think, well, isn't money bad? Evil. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Or you've heard that, ooh, that, that guy's rich. He must have done something wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just looking to squeak out an existence here and take my oath to poverty. and Right. right. Which we have talked about that kind of stuff. Right. And so when you start talking about this, the, mm-hmm. the guard the guardrails on the road are that. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, somewhere between the prosperity preaching televangelist yeah. and the oath to poverty uh, taking priest who owns nothing mm-hmm. of earthly value mm-hmm. is is a good medium That's right. balance. That's right. Right? That's right. And so if you're saved, you need to act like it. Mm-hmm. If you're saved, you need to talk like it. Mm-hmm. And if you're saved, you need to handle your money mm-hmm. like you're saved. Yes. You should be able to observe someone who has experienced salvation and tell that they are a saved individual. That's right. That's right. And I suppose that the first verse we could go to that is talked about is the love of money is the root of all evil. Yes. Right? Yes. So we were talking right before the show about uh, how the root can show up in a lot of different forms. Exactly. And I think we need to back up again, maybe one step farther from that and, mm-hmm. and, and make sure we read that properly or perceive it properly. Mm-hmm. Money is not the root of all evil. Correct. Correct. The love of money mm-hmm. is the root of all evil. I've um I've I've had this discussion before, and so if if there's anybody that's still listening to us, because typically at this point when it's you're shut off. when you're in a live session, <laughs> like they're gone, the audience is gone. If they don't want to hear us talk about it, they're gone by now. They're gone. Yeah, they're gone. So those thank of you that are still here, yes, yeah, right. First of all, thank you. But the do you want some free merch? You're still listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. T- tune in for your blessing. Yeah, we have a, we have a secret, a secret discount for you. Ten percent right. <laughs> off. I've had this discussion with fellow pastors about an individual, and maybe even in leadership, mm-hmm. that is struggling with with managing money. All right. Okay, I'm sure we've all known of somebody that has. And the statement was made, and I'll never forget when it really dawned on me. Mm-hmm. The statement was made to me one time. Well, at least he didn't have a moral problem. He just had a money problem. Hmm. And when they said that, it, it, it didn't sit right. And I'll never forget when it all began to to come together for me that that we're doing that individual an injustice by bunting their issue, their money issue, mm-hmm. down the road and not dealing with it. For, as you've already cited, the love of money mm. is the root of all evil. Mm. So for them to be having a money issue and not a moral issue is does not give us a pass on handling the money issue. Right. Because the likelihood of it becoming a moral issue is very high. 
Well, yeah, but let's flip it around and say if you're suffering from a moral issue or if you're having a moral struggle. If you go to the root of that. We can go back, which is quite a mind warp. It is a mind warp. Somewhere in there, again, it's not how much money you have. Mm -hmm. It's the love that you have for it. Mm -hmm. That somewhere it is in in the root structure of your failure. Hmm. There is a love for money problem. Well, and the, the, even if you look in history, a lot of the terrible people in history were motivated by extreme wealth, right? Even yes. that's validated by historical. Yes. And it drives people to do heinous evil. Right. 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 Which is interesting, okay? Because in the in the discussion of the love of money being the root mm-hmm. of all evil. Uh, I can speak for our church. Our church is not a stingy church. Mm-hmm. They are a generous church, mm-hmm. a giving church. They invest in the kingdom. Mm-hmm. They they go above and beyond. Yep. But you can step into that church that I just described, begin talking about money, and you feel you feel in the spirit it. It, it just tightened a bit. Mm-hmm. That always baffled me. Mm-hmm. Why? They're, they're not clutching their handbooks mm-hmm. and their wallets and their handbags and running for the door going, oh, no, he's going to take up an offering. It's a spiritual thing. Mm-hmm. The connectivity there is one on a spirit level. And and I'll never forget when, when, it, when it really dawned on me mm-hmm. that... I can step to the pulpit and begin teaching on proper relationships. I can teach on jealousy. I can teach on mm-hmm. immorality, adultery, fornication, mm-hmm. uh, incest, whatever. I, you, you label it. Mm-hmm. And when you begin addressing it in the spirit world, you get the resistance from that localized demographic that you are addressing. Okay. I'm addressing adultery. I get kickback in the spirit mm-hmm. from that particular field yeah. or domain of spiritual resistance as it pertains to the immorality that we're addressing. Mm-hmm. When you start touching money, you get resistance from every demographic of that evil spirit hmm. world. It's hmm. popping up. And that is why you feel such a resistance to it to begin talking about the love of money. It's because in the spirit world, you're staking claims. So whenever we are dealing with any issue that is not a money issue, mm. this, is, this is a massive deal. When we're dealing with any issue that is not a money issue, mm-hmm. you're only dealing with a symptom. You're not dealing with the root. Hmm. The symptom is what you're dealing with. The root is the love of money. And somewhere, if you trace it far enough back, you're going to find the love of money at the root of that divorce, at the root of of that breakup, somewhere. And so as spiritual leaders, it is paramount that we talk about money. Mm -hmm. And now we begin to understand Mm-hmm. Why Jesus spent so much time talking about, money. 
talking about money. Bro, he did. More than heaven, more than hell, he talked about money. Yeah, and putting it very, very logical here, think when the last time you have been to a headline conference and one of the keynote ministers get up and preach a sermon about money. I mean, (laughs) exactly. Right. I believe the last uh, Arkansas camp meeting I was at, mm-hmm. Bishop Holmes mm-hmm. was, was, was the, I think it was a Monday night, and he, he taught on tithing. He's the kind of guy that could do it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Not many but other people to would... your point, I, and, what I, what I, and I'm talking like this was four years ago. The better thing I was trying to get at was, how would you feel if you were going to preach, I don't know, let me, Pick whatever one we want, no limits, and you're you're feeling to preach about money. <laughs> oh, you're <laughs> swimming upstream, wouldn't, bro. Wouldn't that you be, are talking to God it, intently about this intimidating spot, right? Uh, are yes. you kidding me? The fleece is on the front lawn, <laughs> right? Yes, yes. The entire oh, lawn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look at my white lawn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. Oh man. Because of the resistance with it, but we've we we are doing, we are doing the church an injustice to only deal with symptoms. Well, yeah, and the importance, and not deal with the root. I was going to say to flip this to the positive side. If you can conquer this in your life, or at least keep yes. guardrails on, yes, and pay attention to this consistently. Yes. It seems like you'll save yourself a lot of other issues. Absolutely, you will. <laughs> Absolutely, you will. If we could look at somebody and say, if you do this one thing right, it'll affect everything else that you do. Hmm. Do you think it would be worth listening mm-hmm. to that? Mm-hmm. Talk about money, though. And when you talk about money. Yeah, we're like 16 minutes in. I don't know how many people is left. <laughs> yeah. Is, is, anybody is there anybody here? Yeah. Still here. By the way, we can see in the algorithm. That's right. We watch when it you draw, drop yeah. off. We can hear. You may not think we hear the door shut, but we know yeah. the door shut. Yeah. If you want to really cover your tracks, keep it playing and just walk mute away. it. <laughs> Take the headphones off. Yeah. 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 So true. John the Baptist is an example, and, and, and there's numerous ones, and we, we can't cover them all, but John mm-hmm. the Baptist, whenever they, whenever they would come out to hear him preach in the wilderness, his responses to them were transactional in nature. Hmm. They, were, they were like a business transaction. So read, uh, for example, Luke, the third chapter mm-hmm. and the 11th verse. 3.11 says, He answereth and saith unto them, He that hath two coats, let him impart to him that hath none. And he that hath meat, let him do likewise. Mm-hmm. Then came also publicans to be baptized and said unto him, Master, what shall we do? And he said unto them, Exact no more than that which is appointed you. And the soldiers likewise demanded of him, saying, And what shall we do? And he said unto them, Do violence to no man, neither accuse any falsely, and be content with your wages. Money or possessions were the were the response of John the Baptist to everybody's question when they came to be baptized. What should we do? Hmm. He was letting them know redemption 
And that process changes how you handle stuff. Yeah, yeah. If you handle your possessions, that's fine. But if your possessions possess you, that's a problem. Hmm. Wow. Say that once more. If, if, if you handle your possessions, that's fine. Right. But if your possessions possess you, that's a problem. Ugh. Yeah. That's oh, a wow. problem. It's not about how much stuff you have. It's about how much, how much of you does your stuff have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A saved man can have stuff, but he doesn't allow his stuff to possess him. Well, yes. Well, yes. And, and we'll talk more about this so we don't have to steal your thunder. But there are plenty of successful people with money in the Bible. Yes. Yes. Right? Very successful. Right. The Bible is not just built on poor people or people the, without any possessions. The kingdom needs finances to function. Yeah. Okay? So we, we all know that, that God supernaturally has the ability to fly in the food that you need. Mm-hmm. Right? right? Mm-hmm. But that's not the preferred method. Mm-hmm. The reason that we're talking about it with the awe that we do is it was a one-off. That's correct. That was not a long-term plan for Elijah. Nope. Okay, another example is Zacchaeus in Luke 19. Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half my goods I give to the poor, and if I've taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. So I'm going to give back. Now, that's coming from the tax collector. That's right. Yes. Right? He said, I will give back four times what I have exacted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> From them. Mm-hmm. Now that's quite a, mm-hmm. o- only, only him and Jesus knew exactly how much that was. But that was no small statement. To which Jesus responds with, This day is salvation come to this house. Oh man, you're saved. Yeah. You know how to handle that? <laughs> uh-huh. I can <laughs> tell that saved. you are saved, brother. Yep. Your pocketbook is backing up your claim of salvation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's good stuff. So there is a fundamental connection, a fundamental connection between our spiritual lives and how we think about and handle our finances. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. Okay. Honk your horn if you're driving down the road. That's I mean, some good stuff. I, I don't know if there's anybody still listening. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, we got some. We got yeah. some. Guaranteed. Okay. Quickly, because we, 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 how, how far are we in now? You said we were 16 oh, yeah, minutes, we're, uh, 16 minutes we're ago. More. We're more. Yeah. We're a ways. Okay. For God so loved the world, you give us the reference on that, that he gave. Mm-hmm. Okay. So again, the, redemp- the, the concept of redemption is a transaction. That's correct. Atonement is a transaction. We have this bill of sin and we need someone to pay the fiddler. Mm-hmm. And so God so loved us that he gave, he gave the connectivity between loving and giving is, is undeniable. Yeah. And if, if you're not, if you're not making the connections as the audience, this is highlighting transactions inside of salvation. Yes. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. And the fact that they are an expression of love. Right. Not lust. Right. Okay. 
Lust is about receiving. Mm -hmm. It's about what you can get exactly. out of the transaction. Exactly. Love is about what you bring. Mm -hmm. And so you, you see Hebrews talks about it in, in, in numerous places, mm -hmm. how that the blood of Christ was offered. He offered himself. Christ was once offered. Mm -hmm. This man, after he had offered, it's offerings, offerings mm -hmm. that are based in a love mm -hmm. for those that he's redeeming. Okay? Abraham offered his son exactly. Isaac. That's right. The offering was, again, an expression of love. It was not about what he could get. It was about what he was bringing. Lusters are more about what they get from God, okay, Oof, wow. than what they give to God. That's, oh, man. It is, Rick Warren said this, it is possible to give without loving, but it is impossible to love without giving. Yes, sir. That's the truth. Okay. That is the truth. So the idea that mm -hmm. you can love God and not be a giver mm -hmm. is an impossibility. Yeah, seems. God loved you, so he gave. Mm -hmm. You cannot just arbitrarily say, and oh, by the way, I love you back. Yeah, you love God, so you take? No. No. <laughs> Ask for more? You just mentioned Pastor Rick. Isn't it about time for another purpose-driven series? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were too young to remember yes. the original purpose-driven life? Correct. Yeah. Like purpose-driven cereal? Everything was purpose-driven. Purpose purpose-driven slippers? Yeah. That was, uh, that was a time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That mm. was all a thing. <laughs> it was a thing. It was a thing. So this is where, if you've survived up until now, I was talking about money, this is where we ditch the rest of the crew. <laughs> this Going is where tithing comes in. What? Whoa. Yeah. Uh, All right. We're going to get demonetized. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> this is where the comment section yeah. lights up <clears throat> with every heinous doctrine about Tithing is just Old Testament tithing. Okay. The concept mm -hmm. that you would take something from God and not give it back in return mm -hmm. is a love-lust problem. You're expecting him to love you, but all you want to do is take from him. Mm -hmm. All right? And so it is established throughout the word of God, that tithing is biblical. Mm -hmm. It is not a human institution or a human invention. Mm -hmm. Tithing is biblical. We're going to give you a few examples of this, but Abraham, as the father of the faithful, mm -hmm. was the first to actually ascribe it as tithing and a 10%. And he's coming back, and he meets Melchizedek, and maybe we, we, we could have a guest on who could tell us who that is. <laughs> but the bottom line is, 
is in Genesis, the 14th chapter and the 19th verse. Mm-hmm. What did Abraham do? He blessed him and said, blessed be Abram by God, most high professor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God, most high, who has delivered your enemies into your so hand. So Melchizedek blesses him, mm-hmm. and Abraham gave him, responded, a, yep, and Abram gave him a tenth of everything. I receive the blessing, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to be a luster. I'm going to give back. Hmm. And he gave him a tenth of everything. Jacob is so another before, patriarch. Before we move on, let's just point out that Abram slash Abraham was a very successful individual. Yes. And a very wealthy individual. Yes. Absolutely. Right. He is one of those guys in the Bible. Right. Yeah. Right. Very wealthy. Jacob. Genesis 28. Yes. I'm going to read that right now. Verse 20 says, Then Jacob made a vow, saying, If God will be with me, and I will keep him in this way that I go, and will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear, so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God, and this stone which I have set up for a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will give a full tenth to you. Wow. Hmm. Are you noticing? These These are the patriarchs of the faith, establishing the pattern for I will give a full tenth to you. You remember when Pastor Adams, and and that that kind of wrecked my world when he said that God, God doesn't give you, you don't give a tenth to get blessed. God blesses you. So that. So that you give the tenth. He initiates. Yes. He God, initiates. God gives first. Right. 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 Okay. Yeah. Which is a reverse of what a lot of people think. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Give me, give me, give me, and I'll give you back. Yeah. Exactly. Um, if you then, I. Uh, hmm. yeah. Okay. And you see this. Mm-hmm. Jacob saying, if you give me this and give me this and give me this, my response to you will be in kind. Mm-hmm. And God will enter covenant with people like that. <laughs> okay. So then, this is all pre-the law. This was based on love. It's introduced in Leviticus as the law. In Leviticus, the 27th chapter, in the 30th verse, what does he say? Every tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the trees, it is the Lord's. Sorry. It is holy to the Lord. If a man wishes to redeem some of his tithe, he shall add a fifth to it. And every tithe of so, in other words, and that's that's we don't have time to get in that. But uh, if you don't pay your tithes, and then you want to come back and fix it, (laughs) there's interest. (laughs) And every tithe of herdsmen flocks, yes. Every tenth animal of all that pass under the herdsman's staff shall be holy to the Lord. One shall not differ. Tithe of the herds and the flocks. Mm -hmm. Now notice this: every tenth animal. That passes under the herdsman's staff shall be holy. Right. Mm-hmm. Here's a key statement. One shall not differentiate between good or bad. Neither shall he make a substitute for it. Wow. Mm-hmm. And if he does substitute for it, then both it and the substitute shall be holy. It shall not be redeemed. Yes. These are the commandments that the Lord commanded Moses. So we're diving into the midst of a bit of a convoluted passage here. But what he's letting them know is that 
you're going to tithe on the land. You're going to tithe on the seed, the harvest. Mm-hmm. You're going to tithe on the livestock. Okay? And tithes typically then were paid annually. They would make a trip to Jerusalem. They would, they would bring their livestock, mm-hmm. their flocks, and they would pass under the rod of the herdsmen. Mm-hmm. One, two, three, four, eight, nine, ten. They would mark the tenth one. Mm-hmm. Okay? And there was no way that the herdsmen... I mean, have you ever tried to do that with a flock? <laughs> There's no way that you can stage that so that you pick, this guy's going to be the 10th guy. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's you hold the staff, and the 10th one that passes under the staff That's right. is the one. And this is where he says, do not differentiate between good or bad. So in other words, if there's a favorite one in the flock and it happens to be gotcha. number 10, mm-hmm. don't bring them all back in the pen and go, let's try this again. Mm-hmm. Right? If there's anyone that I'd like to give, I'd like to give the black sheep of the flock. Or I'd like to give the one that's that, that, that's got the disease. Yep. Or I'd like to, this one here is worth more. Yeah. So I'd rather not. No, it was up to God to control that part of the process, mm-hmm. okay? Do not differentiate between that which is good and that which is evil. Then he goes on to say, and don't make any substitutes. There is strong consensus that that is what was wrong in the New Testament with Ananias and Sapphira's sacrifice that they brought. Everybody else was bringing the totality of what they had sold. Ananias and Sapphira hmm. were substitute, substituting. Are you giving it all? Oh, yes. And we know the story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. The feet of wow. the men that carried your husband out mm-hmm. are here to carry you out as well, Sapphira. Okay? Not just because it was a matter of generosity versus someone else being a bit stingy. It was a they were breaking the law. By substitute, substituting mm-hmm. eh, good versus evil. And he clearly put that in the Levitical law. You are not to choose which one is the tenth. As it comes out, passing under the staff, mm-hmm. you give what is number 10. Okay? What sticks out to me right here, if I yes. can jump in, is tithing does not have to be money. For sure. So... You know, if you're thinking, well, I have no money to give. I'm not rich enough to tithe. Yeah. Well, once I get 100 bucks, I'll give 10 Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> once I get $10, I'll spot you a dollar, right? Yeah, exactly. And this is a big deal in mission fields. Mm-hmm. We've, we've been heavily involved with missions, and that's part of it. Well, our, our, our folks aren't wealthy. Our folks don't have money. What can they... There's something that you can tithe on. Mm-hmm. Something. Whether it's rice, everything that you have has a 10% to it. For sure. Everything. Whether it be water. Interesting story here. What, what did Grammy Eric call those boxes out of her garden? Remember that? I think. 
Oh, man, yeah. Basically, the principle behind it was she also wanted to. Her garden just kept getting set, bigger. And she bigger. set aside. And she yes. set aside produce from her little garden. That's cool. And she always, I think she gave it to the pastor. Yeah. yeah. Well, that comes yeah. down to farmers resting fields. That principle is, yes. right? All of that is built on that. Okay, Setting so, it aside. <laughs> okay, so this is the point. Yeah. Number one, you're not giving your money to a preacher. You're giving it to God, for sure. Mm. Okay? But number mm. two, you're saying, well, I'm giving 10% of my money. No, the reality is everything you have belongs to the Lord. Mm-hmm. It all. Yeah. It's all his. If you're willing to acknowledge that, that's right. He is allowing you to manage 90%. What are you paying for the oxygen you've used for the last X number of years? Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Right? I know a few people that are wasting it, that's for sure. <laughs> Anyways. <clears throat> okay. So, so the concept of what you've just raised is a massive concept. Mm-hmm. When he said, do not pick good versus evil... Mm-hmm. that is coming under the rod. Where does your mind go with that? That good, evil? Um, I don't really know. Does that not go back to the garden? Yeah, that was kind of the, what I was going to say, but I didn't know if you wanted me to say that because we never talked about it before the show, if I'm being honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's not all scripted, folks. Yeah. All right. The tree yeah. of the knowledge yep. good and evil. of good gotcha. and evil. Right. So... The concept, although Abraham is the first man that mentions 10% and tithing, the concept of God always having a portion reserved for himself. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. Goes way back. Oh, don't touch it. Where from he... the beginning. Hmm. He creates man, he puts him in a garden. It is a place of increase, it is a place of productivity. It is a place where Adam literally could go to bed at night and wake up the next morning, and everything he needed for his existence was within arm's reach, Mm. if not literally, figuratively speaking. He didn't have to go outside the garden for anything. The place that God put him in Mm. had everything that it needed, that he needed to sustain him. That's right. <clears throat> the caveat was this. There's still a piece that I want reserved for me. Hmm. And God told him, you can touch everything else in that garden. You can eat however much of everything else you want in that garden. The one thing that you can't touch is the tree of life. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil, sorry. You can, you can eat however much you want of the tree of life. So here's that concept of good and evil. Don't differentiate. Leave that alone. Mm-hmm. Leave that portion up to me. Hmm. You can have all the other trees, but there's that one piece that I want left for me. And that is a concept. Oof that was implemented from the beginning of man's existence. It's this, God's portion as it relates to your place. Mm -hmm. A place of prosperity, a place of productivity, a place of paradise, but it is sustained Mm -hmm. by 
valiantly defending that portion that God says is mine. Hmm. Now notice what Satan tempted Eve with. The first thing that he did, he didn't come tempt her with leaving the garden. Mm -mm. Eve, why don't we run away? Why would she want to run away? Everything that she needed, mm -hmm. everything that she desired was right there. They were living in the place of abundance. So what did he tempt her to do? Touch God's portion. Mm -hmm. The one thing that was set aside. Mm -hmm. I can't get you to leave this place. Yeah. So I want you to touch God's portion. Because if you will consume God's portion, he will drive you out of the place of abundance. Hmm. That is the basic fundamental foundation of going forward biblically. And that, that, that is to this day right now. That if you do not give God his portion, he drives you out of the place of abundance, mm -hmm. the place of fruitfulness, the place of productivity. And so that takes the, the idea that I don't, I don't have enough money to give God his portion. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to use God's portion to pay my light bill mm -hmm. and, and my, rent, uh, my rental agreement. No, you will never have enough. If you start consuming God's portion, mm -hmm. you, you, you are driven out of the place of abundance. Yeah, the abundance mm -hmm. will diminish. You, your right to the place of abundance is, is, is contingent strictly upon, I'm not going to touch God's portion. Don't touch. And that is the oldest trick in, in, in the devil's arsenal. Hmm. The oldest trick in the book, too. Literally. Mm -hmm. Literally. Mm -hmm. And so when you when you understand that, when you understand that, you begin realizing the role that tithing plays mm -hmm. in access to abundance. A little bit of a different twist on the money talk, isn't it? But if you're saved, you don't have a problem with it. Mm -hmm. Right? Money's not the problem. It's what you do with it. Mm -hmm. It's what you do with it. And, and the children of Israel came out of Egypt plundered, plundered well, yes, they, the Egyptians. They were doing very well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gold, yeah, precious metals, yep. stones. Yep, they had uh, taken everything from the neighborhood and left. <laughs> right? Yeah. Here's the problem. When they took the gold mm -hmm. and made a molten calf out of it, they began to idolize what God had given them Two, ultimately, we know a little farther down the timeline of events 
It was given to construct exactly yeah. a tabernacle. Yeah. Right? That's right. So they used it to build a molten calf when it was given to them to make a holy place, to construct an Ark of the Covenant, to create mm-hmm. an atmosphere and a place of abundance where redemption could take place, back to transactions, where where humanity could bring sins and leave with redemption. That's right. <laughs> okay? So at that point, you've got to ask yourself, do I want a golden calf or do I want an Ark of the Covenant that's overlaid with gold, that has a mercy seat upon it, that has blood applied to it? The gold looks better in the temple. Right. <laughs> right. Because they never get that gold back that they built the calf with. They had to drink it. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) They had to drink it. Poor investment. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. That's so good, man. It's good stuff. So really, as we we bring it to a wrap. Yes, to the three people who are left listening at the end. Thank yes. you. <laughs> Clearly, here, we have three comes, tithers that are still listening. <laughs> here comes your blessing. <laughs> if yeah. you're still listening, leave us a review and said, I survived the money episode. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. I touched the flag at the oh, end. You made it. You made it. So he asked in Malachi, shall a man rob God? Mm-hmm. The answer is yes. How would that man rob God? Mm-hmm. In tithes and offerings. And offerings. Mm-hmm. Listen, when you don't pay your tithes and you consume God's portion, mm-hmm. you're not stealing from God. You're robbing God. Those are two different approaches. A thief breaks in and steals something, and it's it's out of sight. It's It's... A covert exercise mm-hmm. that the individual that was just stolen from doesn't realize it until later. Mm-hmm. When you rob somebody, it is a blatant exercise that happens in their face. Yeah. Give me your money. Mm-hmm. And he is saying, You are robbing me. You're not pulling one over on me. Mm-hmm. I'm watching it. Wow. I see what you're doing. But he then goes on to say that if you'll bring your tithes into the storehouse, there will be meat in my house. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. And then see, prove me. Prove me. And see if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour windows, you out a blessing. The windows of heaven. That there shall not be room enough for you to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. He'll bless you, and he'll rebuke the devourer. All when you get that salvific understanding that even my money is affected by my salvation. Mm -hmm. So if you're desiring that place of abundance, Get your hands off of God's portion and he'll let you stay and give you access to that place. And you won't have to wonder if you're saved and we won't have to wonder. Everybody will know. 
you're saved and you're saving money in the process.